A reading from the book of Acts. So, setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days, and on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. The word of the Lord. Welcome again, One Fellowship family and friends. It's so good to be with you today as we continue in the book of Acts. And let me just ask this question. Is the gospel really for everyone? Now, on the surface, this may seem like a really simple question with a really simple answer, but it's not because I'm not just asking this on a mental level, but at a deeper heart level, do we really believe as we go about our day to day that the gospel is truly for everyone? Do I believe that the gospel has the power to change anyone at any time? When I think about my neighbors, when I think about the students that I go to school with, my coworkers, my family members, our leaders, do I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that the gospel can turn their life toward Jesus? And how we answer this question, again, at a heart level, because it's easy to say intellectually that we believe the gospel can do this, but at a heart level, the way we answer this question really changes everything about how we see and how we interact with others who don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so as we look at a piece of Acts 16 today, this question is answered for us with incredible clarity in a way that should encourage us as a church and as individuals and how we enter even this next week, this next month, and this next year. So let me pray for us one more time, and then we'll dive into our passage for today. Jesus, thank you for your word, and Holy Spirit, thank you that you are moving and active in our lives, in our church, and in the community around us. I pray that as we walk through this passage today, we would see it as much more than just a story, much more than just an encounter, but that you would open up our hearts to learn, to grow, and to be emboldened in how we view others in the light of Jesus, your gospel. So I pray all of these things, Jesus, in your name, amen. So we'll start out here in verse 11 of chapter 16. Here's what it says. So setting sail for Troas. Now we need to stop right there because anytime it says so, it means that we need to take a look back. So let's take a look back just a few verses starting in verse 9. Here's what happened. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. 
And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So you have Paul, you have Silas, you have Timothy, and this is essentially what happens. This wasn't planned out ahead of time, but Paul had this vision that God gave him, calling them to Macedonia, and so they head out. And here's what happens next. Back to verse 11. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samthras, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remain in this city some days. So not only was this trip not planned out ahead of time, this wasn't really their plan at all. This wasn't where they expected to be. We're going to jump back one more time. Look at verses 6 through 8 here. This will make sense. And they went through the region of Phrygia in Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they came to Messiah, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Messiah, they went down to Troas. This wasn't what they expected. This wasn't what they planned. Oftentimes when I think about the unexpected, especially in the realm of relationships, this man that I met several years ago, actually about 13 years ago, always seems to pop into my mind. His name's Mike Fabrizio. Laura and I had just gotten married. We moved from Ohio where we were in college down to Atlanta. I took my first position in this church inside of the perimeter and uh, I was responsible for all sorts of different things, but I remember this one day so vividly. I had a lot going on. I was working with students. I was working with college students. We were also doing a lot of work in our children's ministry, and I had a really busy day, but I heard a knock on the front door, and then um, one of our secretaries came back, and she said, hey, there's, there's somebody up front. Would you mind having a conversation with him? And if I'm being completely honest, I was not enthused. I had enough on my plate that day. This was the last thing that I wanted. This was an unexpected interruption to me. But I go to the front and I meet this man named Mike Fabrizio. And I talk to him for a little bit and come to find out that Mike is actually living behind our church in an alley in an old broken down shed. And he had been there for about six months. He had been estranged from his family. He told me a little bit about his story, that over the past several years, he had gotten into different addictions with drugs, with alcohol. He had essentially lost everything. He was even beginning to lose his health. Mike was missing most of his teeth. He didn't have identification on him. And he was honestly just looking for help. And there was a piece of me that really wanted to discount Mike or wanted to just send him on his way. But that's not really what God had planned. Because God is always working, or we see that God often works in the unexpected. And that's what's happening here. So jump back into this. In verse 13, And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed that there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and we spoke to the woman who had come there, who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. 
Now, we can't overlook this. During this time, during a time when women were not regarded as equal with men, Jesus and his disciples, they have something to say about it. And here's what you need to know about Lydia. She owned her own company. She was doing really well. We know this by the type of garment that she was selling. And she was a leader even within her household. These things would have been unheard of during this time. She was also European. She, this people group had not yet been reached with the gospel. But what happens? It says that the Lord opened her heart. It's clear that although she worshiped, she didn't have a full understanding of the gospel until now. Until these apostles came along and they actually spent time and they actually shared with her. Here's the big idea for us today that I don't want us to miss. The gospel has the power to turn anyone at any time toward Jesus. Watch how this unfolds. It's amazing. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized in her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. This is amazing. So let's break this down. The gospel has the power to turn anyone. The gospel is for every man, woman, and child alive. Jesus didn't just give his life up for a select few. In fact, God tells us that he so loved the world that he gave his only son, the world. And not only is the gospel for everyone, but it also goes with anyone who's placed their trust in Christ. Paul knew this all too well, that absolutely no one is out of the reach for God's grace. He takes the person with a past. He takes the person with doubts, with wounds. He takes those who are at the height of society. He takes those who are on the fringe of society. He takes the wealthy. He takes the poor. He takes the powerful. And he takes the weak. From your friends at school to the barista at Starbucks, if you have breath in your lungs, the gospel is for you. And it's for them. You see, this isn't the end to the story of Lydia here. She would actually lead her household to faith. She would be the first European Christian, and she would end up hosting and helping lead the first church in Philippi in her home. That's why her name is actually mentioned here, because she's a major player in the expansion of the gospel. Let me say this really clearly. Both men and women are called to be ministers of the gospel. And this is a beautiful thing that we as a church need to encourage and protect. Whether that's on staff, whether that's out in your neighborhoods, whether that's at your school, community, in your homes, we are all called to take part and to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus. Not only does the gospel have the power to turn anyone, the gospel has the power to turn anyone at any time. We never know how or when the Holy Spirit is going to work in someone else's life. But one thing is abundantly clear, and we see it even here in this passage, that it's the Holy Spirit who's doing the work, that it's the Holy Spirit 
who's opening hearts, just like the Holy Spirit does here with Lydia. I'm going to say something that might sound a little bit controversial, but it's actually really healthy to not only hear, but to let sink in. Jesus doesn't need you to tell anyone about him. Let me explain what I mean by that. How many of us have heard something similar to this in Christian circles or maybe even inside of the church? If you don't tell them about Jesus, maybe no one will. Look, because we believe that God is sovereign, because we believe that he is all-knowing and all-powerful, it means we believe that he can save anyone through any means he desires, and he will. It tells us in Scripture that he could actually have the rocks cry out if he wanted to. So in a real sense, the unhealthy pressure is off. Why do I say this? Because when we understand this, the curtain is pulled back on something really beautiful. Instead of this pressure that we actually can't bear, the pressure to save someone, the pressure to hold in the balance someone else's eternal security, when this pressure is off, what we see is God's invitation that he gives us to have a role in impacting someone else's eternal story. And it's not dependent upon the perfect words being said or the timing being just right, but it's simply an invitation to be faithful, intentional, and open. This past week, I met up with Ryan Oberly, and one of the things we talked about was Feed the Need, which is a great service opportunity that we're taking part in right now as a church, trying to help those in our community who just need a little bit of help in the low country. And one thing that he said uh, really stuck out. He, he stuck out. He said, there's so much joy when you serve someone else. And that's so true. I'm sure you've experienced that at different times. Just the joy of serving someone else, not expecting anything in return, but just serving our brothers and our sisters. There's such joy. And that is exactly what it's like when we get to share Jesus with someone else and they actually accept the truth of the gospel that we are literally witnessing a miracle happening before our eyes, and there's absolutely nothing like it. There's nothing better than this. If I ask you how you came to know Jesus, most likely you would say someone told you about him, whether that was a family member, a friend, maybe it was through a sermon, maybe it was at church, maybe it was through a random unexpected encounter on the street. Someone believed that the gospel was for you. And now you and I, we get to play a role in someone else's story and that story unfolding. And how amazing is that? And this can happen at any time. It can happen with anyone whenever the Holy Spirit moves and opens a heart to hear and respond to Jesus. Back to this big idea. The gospel has the power to turn anyone at any time toward Jesus. So I spent several days, even actually a couple weeks, um, engaged with Mike Fabrizio. And he would come around um, just about every day, and we tried to help him get back on his feet. 
I remember taking him to one of the social service offices and, and we got him identification cards. We actually got him an appointment with a dentist. He got a new set of dentures. And you could tell this was the first time in a long time that Mike had others, not just myself, but others at the church who were actually spending time with him, who actually believed that Jesus loved him, that this wasn't the end of the road for Mike, because you could tell when we first met him, he, he really thought it was. Here's what's amazing. We invited Mike to church and he actually showed up. Sort of reluctantly, you could tell he didn't feel super comfortable, but he showed up anyway. And over the next few days, as Mike asked more questions and we spent more time with Mike, he gave his life to Jesus. Two weeks before, this is something I would have never expected. In fact, when I first met Mike, this is something I didn't expect. But this is what God does. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He did this in Lydia. He did it in her household. And he did it in Mike who he happened to follow up with a couple months later. And he had actually been reunited with his family in New Orleans. He was reunited with his daughter, who he hadn't seen, he hadn't talked to in years. He actually had a job at a hotel, and he was getting back on his feet. And he had just put down a deposit on a new apartment. God loves working in the unexpected. And what a great testament this story is to the truth of the gospel being for anyone at any time. And so if we believe this is true, then it should move us to be praying for anyone at any time. It means we should be prepared to talk about Jesus, even if we feel a little bit scared, even if we aren't sure if we'll have the perfect words to say. We're ready and prepared to talk about Jesus with anyone at any time. It means that we should expect the Holy Spirit to open up the heart of literally anyone at any time. It means that we don't write off anyone at any time from experiencing his love and his grace. If you haven't experienced this for yourself, let me just say really clearly, the gospel is for you today. That Jesus who came and lived the perfect life in your place gave up his life even though he was completely innocent to take on your sin, overcame the grave, and he wants to overcome your worst days and offer you his best. And that's true for you right now, as maybe you're watching this on the internet or wherever you are. The gospel is for you. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. And if you have accepted this, if you have believed this truth, I would encourage you, thank God for the person who shared that with you, for the gift of this truth in your life that has transformed your life. And respond to this, let us respond to this by taking that good news out into our community this week, out into our community this month, this next school year, that wherever we are, we wouldn't simply believe this truth at a head level, but we would believe it at a heart level that the gospel has the power to turn anyone at any time toward Jesus. And by God's grace, we get to be a part of it. God, thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for reaching down to us when we were in our greatest time of need in offering us grace. 
God, that you haven't asked us to clean ourselves up before we come to you, that you haven't asked us to fix ourselves or to work our way into the family, but you meet us where we are, as we are, and you are in the business of redemption. You're in the business of restoration. You're in the business of turning lives around. And for those whose lives you have turned around, the church, you invite us to then turn outward with the gospel to share this good news with others. And so would we be a people who are about that this week, this month, this year. Jesus, in your name, amen.